Give me an S. S. Give me an L. L. Give me a U. U. Give me a T. T. I I can't finish it. It's just too. <laughs> Extra drama for Sweet Valley High, book number 10, Wrong Kind of Girl. I'm your host, Marissa Flaxbart, and with me again is my dear friend, Mary Parker. Hi, Mary. What's up? Um, if this episode sounds a little funky, hopefully it's not, not too bad, but we are recording this remotely uh, using a new system. Um, and uh, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, uh, Mary, our last episode, the, your main episode, we recorded when you were out visiting me in LA from the East Coast. That is correct. It's oh. Marathon Monday here, by the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, in, in Boston. This in Marathon Boston. Monday. Yep. And that's Lots. why you took the day off of work. Yeah, well, we get the day off work automatically. Get the day off work. You guys get all sorts of crazy days in Massachusetts. Well, they don't want you to have to deal with riding the trains with a bunch of adrenaline pumped weird tourists well that sounds great here in LA I can only imagine a day when your bosses didn't let you in because they didn't want you to ride the trains if only (laughs) although I did get the day off once because it was raining really hard so (laughs) I that was that was a new experience for me coming from Chicago but it has to be said, very shortly after your visit out here to LA, you got engaged. I sure did. So first of all, congratulations. Thanks. Um, second of all, I want to give you the opportunity to clear the air here because in the main episode, you suggested that you'd like to marry a Bruce Patman type mm-hmm. just so that you can ruin his life from the inside and give him his just desserts. Uh, And, you know, his, like, true comeuppance. And I just, Mm -hmm. you know, is that what's happening here, Mary? Um, No. My my now husband is not a Bruce Patman type, but that does not preclude me ruining a Bruce Patman. You can always (laughs) just create a fake identity. That definitely sounds like double good news to me. Because on the one hand, you're not trying to ruin... his your current husband's life and he is not a terrible asshole that's really great news you know and with the with advent of like the internet and whatnot i can just start catfishing people yeah and that's the other part of the good news because there's it means that like if there's a bruce patman type out there who's like primed for his life to be ruined by you and like the stars align it could still happen and so that dream stays alive i think that's really nice get ready (laughs) (laughs) for the pain (laughs) Well, so now that we've cleared the air, um, so <laughs> in addition to uh, your career as a science writer, you often put on plays with some local theaters in Boston, right? Yup. <laughs> so cool. Um, and I was thinking that, funnily enough, your specialty seems to be adapting very old texts that maybe don't really seem like they should be adapted and revived, but you're going to go you even for remembered it. by anybody remember you're gonna you like find the way find the access point to put a new spin on it and like modernize it from for today's times absolutely yep uh like you would just put on a show recently that was kind of like that right yeah the show i just did was r u r which is the play that invented the word robot 
And you're like, great. Oh, hey, this sounds really fun. It's like a classic sci-fi play. And then I read it and it was like the most misogynist play I'd ever read, which is <laughs> very surprising considering the amount of early modern theater that I read. Uh, but uh, okay. yeah, like major plot points hinged on the main character being, oh, she's just a stupid woman. Um, but then it so turned out to not that be that out. hard to change it. The play turned out really great. In fact, we had a ton of people come see it. Um, a lot of nerds had heard of it and obviously had never seen it. And we made a lot of money, at least by community st- theater standards. So I thought it might be fun to think about what Sweet Valley High, book number 10, Wrong Kind of Girl, a stage production might look like. It would take some pretty heavy modifications, but here's here's my pitch. All right, here's Ooh, my you got pitch. a pitch all ready to go. Okay, I love it. Sure, I'm not, I'm totally not making this up in this moment as I talk. so here's here's the scene you've got this wonderful popular book series every girl's read it it's amazing every every single girl in the the entire united states have heard of this and their number 10 is their favorite book because number 10 one oh perfect one it's number one of oh and uh it's called wrong kind of girl it involves so many modern themes of slut shaming and sisters and going to dairy burger you never you just never have seen something that's so relevant to our times but what you Mm -hmm. do see is you make it like a modern 21 Jump Street style 80s raunchy comedy, you know? So you have adult actors playing all of the high school students, all right? You've got Kristen Wiig as both Elizabeth and Jessica. You've got Annie is going to be played by, I don't know, let's say... Who's hot right now? Who's hot? Oh, I got it. Uh, 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 what's her face? Uh, Jennifer Aniston. And then you've got uh, Todd. Let's say Todd's played by Will Ferrell. Okay, it's going to be like a Deadly Adoption reunion. Everyone remembers Deadly Adoption. It was really popular. It'll be perfect. <laughs> Can't go wrong. <laughs> the, well, you already cast in the main episode, you already cast Selma Blair as uh, Annie Whitman. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Annie Annie's can be, uh, yeah, Selma Blair can be Annie. Jennifer Aniston can play the stupidest of the cheerleaders, the one that uh, Jessica takes to the mall. Oh, yeah. Um, not Sandy Bacon, but the the one that was Tim's sister, Helen something. Helen, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Helen oh, no, Sandy Bacon is taken. Sandy Bacon is a comeback for Renee Zellweger. Can, oh, that's nice. You can all see it. That's it's perfect. Nice. <laughs> But look, it's on stage, okay? It's all about the suspension of disbelief, all right? And listen, here's going to be the thing that's really going to draw in the crowds. You break the fourth wall, like, constantly. In fact, all of the lines are delivered straight to the audience, making them complicit in the slut-shaming. That's very fresh and modern. (laughs) I think maybe um, for Ricky Capaldo, we could have... um, Hmm. Oh, oh, what's his face from that movie about the guy who thinks he's too ugly to date a blonde girl? And he was also the voice in the dra- those dragon movies. Oh, Jay Baruchel. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> There's your Ricky. Um, so my dad and I sometimes have a joke where we imagine... Uh, like a show that he and I could have that would just be this kind of conversation where mm-hmm. he gives me details about something in pop culture and I try to guess <laughs> who he's talking about. But yeah, Jay Baruchel. So I won this round. Good job. Ding, uh, ding, ding. 10, ten points, points to Marissa. To Marissa and Mary because it like, it's like a $10,000 pyramid kind of thing where like we're 
guessing together. You know, you're yeah. feeding me the, the clues and I'm guessing. In all honesty, I'm not sure that this would work as a staged play. I think it its real genre is big budget Broadway musical. Yes, I totally agree with you. Yes. I hold on. My microphone just fell. I, <laughs> You're so excited yes, by what so I just excited. told you. <laughs> I knocked my computer down. Yes, I totally agree with you. And the only like because if it's a musical, then then all of the stuff on the page that's just about the emotions. Exactly. Get a chance to have songs. And I was thinking a little bit outside the box here that what would really be great would be toward the end of the show when Annie is in her coma and Jessica is mm-hmm. coming to her side that who should get a big dramatic solo that would be both like serious, but maybe also a little bit funny. Mm-hmm. It would be the doctor, the coma oh, yeah. doctor to get totally. a chance to tell his side of the story. What's it like to be a coma doctor in Sweet Valley? <laughs> You know, all these girls coming in with crazy cheerleading comas or motorcycle accident comas. Absolutely. You know, what's a doctor to do? There's the only advice you can give is talk to her and give her something yeah. to live for. Yeah. That's what and the you, could have a, you could have a harrowing nightmare slash fantasy sequence, like the hell sequence in Book of Mormon. And that would be Annie's song for when she's taking all the pills yeah. and sinking into, what does she call it? The, the ocean of infinity or horizon <laughs> of infinity. Remember. Yeah. But that's what the song should be called. The ocean of infinity or like sinking yep. into the ocean of infinity. That's right. Then, or whatever she and actually says. it will says. be like all these grotesque Jessica shaped dancers. <gasps> yes, Jessica like, masks. Menacing her. And, and jeering at her as she is sinking in the ocean of infinity. <laughs> and like Rick Andover is trying to take her for night swims. Mm-hmm. All the boys she doesn't respect. Yep. And then like Ricky Capaldo is there trying to pull her out, but like she just but pushes him away. one against too many. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Listeners, just go back to episode 10 to find out what Annie actually says, because we talk about it. I think we said that it would make a good um, goth. I think, I think it's Horizon of Infinity. Horizon of Infinity. See, that's what, so that's Annie's big song, Horizon of Infinity. Yeah. The Doctor's big sign is mm-hmm. or Give Her a Reason to Live. Oh, yeah, song, that's a good I mean. title. And then, you know, Jessica would need some songs. We could finally put in, like, really the whole for me, a big bonus of putting it on stage is that I would finally get to add the scene that I thought was in the book that wasn't, where we actually get to see Annie taking all these Exactly. That would be Annie's show-stopping number. (laughs) But uh, Elizabeth is going to be relegated to supporting character, if not lower. I don't know the hierarchy of musical characters. But we're going to focus mainly on Jessica, Annie, and Ricky. It's their show. Jessica obviously being the villain who has a change of heart. Oh, yeah. Well, another way that we could go with this, other than musical, would be like Greek tragedy. If we changed it so that... Oh, um, that's good. So that Annie doesn't wake up at the end. And then, um, like, forever after... And then Jessica blinds herself and, like, wanders over to the Oracle at Delphi or whatever. Exactly. And what's so perfect is that the Oracle is the name of the school newspaper. So it's perfect already. (laughs) And then like the the cheerleaders of Sweet Valley High are like doomed for the rest of eternity, or at least the rest of junior year to game because they're not cheering good enough. So the the sports teams all lose all their games. 
And it's, yeah. Uh, so let's say, let's say the, it, this, this play ends, Annie dies, Jessica blinds herself and then is uh, torn apart by wild horses. That seems, that seems epically oh, tragic. Cool. Yeah. There could so be wild horses sequel, in Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. Then the sequel focuses on Elizabeth and her guilt. Ooh, now we're talking. Her antagonist in that is Ricky, who blames them both for for what happened. Wow, that sounds like kind of an Antigone sort of a exactly. Yeah, we're on the same wavelength here. Totally. Listeners, are you following us here? We got it. So look, you either make this into a lifetime movie starring Kristen Wiig and Selma Blair as high schoolers, you make a big budget Broadway musical. Or you make it into a Greek tragedy so that many will play options. in church basements across the nation. So many options. Yeah. I think I'm most excited about the Broadway musical. And I have to say that if I were made of money and had unlimited resources, this is totally like for real and like, not sarcastically. This is probably the pit I'd be throwing that money into. You know, like, let's just make it I happen. do not blame you. It's a good idea. Because look, just make sure the songs are good. Yeah. And I have to get the rights first. Well, that too. <laughs> but hey, maybe you pitch this to Lynn Manuel Miranda first, and then it would be easier to get the rights. I I agree. If I have Lynn yeah. attached, it's all it's in the bag. That can't be that hard, right? <laughs> He's not like busy or anything. <laughs> I think he likes podcasts a lot. What's he even doing these days? <laughs> <laughs> Lynn, if you're out there listening because you listen to every podcast, uh, get in touch. Uh, you can email me. Contact Marissa. Not me. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> get a hold of Marissa. <laughs> well, Mary, thank you so much for joining me for this. Um, I guess it just remains for me to say that this is the final episode for this first season of Sweet Valley Diaries. But don't worry, even though when I first set out to create this podcast, I set for myself a 10 episode goal. Uh, Let's try 10 episodes and then we'll reevaluate. The whole thing has just been so fun. Listeners, Thank you so much for listening. It's been really, really rewarding to know that people are out there uh, listening to the show. And I've just had a blast. So definitely uh, season two is in the works. And I will not leave you hanging on that. Now that I've made that promise in this audio format, you can uh, believe that I will deliver on it. (laughs) That's how my brain works. Uh, (laughs) I made this commitment. You better not leave me hanging and not let me read the book where Bruce gets his comeuppance. Ooh, okay. I claim it right now. I, all right, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> I totally, I totally will. That'll that won't be this next season. That'll be in a future season. But um, listeners, stay tuned uh, later this summer for season two, and I'm hopefully we'll be having some kind of bonus content for you uh, to tide you over in the meantime. Um, so thanks again to Mary. Thanks to Lauren Shippen, Jocelyn Schofield. Thanks to Don Flaxbart, Mary Kate Battles, Nick Riley, and thanks to Mary Parker. That's me. You thank me twice. I win. I, I want to thank you all day long, Mary Parker. <laughs> Congratulations on your uh, nuptials. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. I made my cast watch me get married. It was funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird thing to say. (laughs) I know. It was a weird thing to do. But it happened.
<laughs> All right. Okay. Love you. I'm going to hang up now and hopefully this recording makes some sense. I hope so too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.